type. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Here you are stuck with Green and Growing. Hey, I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. A lawn and garden show heard every Saturday morning on WSB. So this part of the show is when I choose a celebrity gardener. Whether or not they know anything about gardening if they don't, we're trying to teach them a little something. And if they do, we hope that you learn from the conversation. Over the course of the last couple of months, I have spoken to three famous marks. That's right, three. And I didn't make it easy for them. Three games, three challenges for each one of them. So why don't you take a listen and test your garden knowledge right alongside my guests. Up first, Coach Mark Ritt. With our son David and his wife, and now they've got a little patio in the back. It's not a very big patio, but they've got peppers and tomatoes and uh, yeah, the jalapeno peppers, Ooh. basil, and they've got, and then my son David has a birthday gift for Joanna. Got her a, uh, a Japanese maple. They've got that in a big pot and trying to keep that thing going until they buy a home with a yard where they can plant it. Okay. Up, I actually had a chia pet. <laughs> so I don't know if that counts as a gardener. Or it not. does. Hey, it's something you got to keep alive, right? <laughs> you water it and it grows, right? Yeah. Mine was in the shape of Garfield when I was a kid. Yeah, I totally remember that. All right. Well, you can enlist Catherine if you need some help on this. I got a quick game. I promise it's not hard. Are you willing to play? I'm sure. So the game I have for you, and like I said, you can totally phone a friend sitting right next to you if need be. Holiday specific plants, Coach Rick. Whether it's a holiday that's in the name of the plant or plants associated with any holiday year-round that you can right. think of. I need you to name four. Well, Easter lily, yes. poinsettia, <laughs> Christmas tree, <laughs> uh, roses for Valentine's Day. Hey, four. that's four. Now, how many of those were you? Uh, one and a half. Okay. <laughs> Y'all did fantastic on that. Catherine's whispering in my ear, so. <laughs> I heard her. She did there's, good. There's a delayed reaction. That's what it is. <laughs> Country music artist, Mark Wills. I had no trouble thinking up this game specifically for you. Uh-oh. I, I do different kinds, but since we're talking about the outdoors and, of course, our love for country music, gardening, all that kind of stuff, I'm going to have you fill in some song lyrics where something related to the outdoors or outside or planting or gardening is mentioned in the song, and I've taken the word out, and I want to see if you know it. Are you ready to play? Uh, I'll try. All right. Chattahoochee. <laughs> Love it. And just for uh, just for bonus points, because no one's keeping score at all, who is that? That's Alan Jackson. That's a perfect one being from Georgia. All right, up next. Greengrass Grove. Two for two. See, this isn't so bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can play this game. All right, so we just had Tim McGraw. So up next, his beautiful wife. Not just promises and empty fantasy. Bed of Roses. <laughs> Man, you're good. Now, we've mentioned this gentleman. You're a big fan. Oh, 
successful. Two more to go. I'd start walking your way. You start walking mine. We need in the middle. Need that old Georgia. Uh, hi. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, being from Georgia, you can just see that. Diamond Rio did such a good job of painting that picture, us being from here and in the South, just how much we love our pine trees, right? Absolutely. Got a bunch of them in my yard right now. Love them. We've got some Southern Magnolias. We've got some good stuff. Save the best for last. You ready, Mark? Yep. Perfect as a blood red rose. Dreamers and thorns are hard to hold. Tell me, baby. Beautiful song. Hey, you won. I actually, I actually wrote that one. You did? I did. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. And, you know, I mean, folks know that's one of the newer ones. That's not from the 90s, right? It's, I don't know, it's probably 10 years old now. You, you threw me off guard when you threw one of my songs in there. <laughs> hey, I heard a rose <laughs> mention and I had to go for it. WSB show host and traffic reporter, Mark Arrow. We did this game a few months back. Mm-hmm. Had a good time with it. It was fun. So does Alex Williams know this food is something that you do on your show? And I think that's how this idea was born. What do you do to our fellow traffic reporter, Alex Williams? So the Mark Aram Show, which you can hear Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. right here on WSB Radio. Alex Williams is a great guy in the traffic team, but he's he's uh, food ignorant. <laughs> Outside so. of wings and burgers, he cereal. doesn't know what's he going on. Cereal, he knows cereal. Yeah. yeah, so I'll ask him if he knows a food like, uh, do you know what a radish is? Or <laughs> do you know what uh, baklava is? And when in doubt, he doesn't know the food. So that's where this... Your game came from, does Alex Williams know this food? So it's, does Mark Aram know this plant? Correct. We'll come up with a better name. (laughs) But this is the second installment of this, okay? Yes. So I have created a list of plant names. They might be real. They might not be real. I want to know what you think. Because really, all you know is fescue. That's And week by week, I'm teaching you something new every morning in the traffic center. I think I taught you hydrangea last week, so you're getting it. I still know how to spell it, but I know of it. See, there yes. you go. And you and Maya are growing one of my baby tomato Tomatoes. plants. Tomatoes. Oh, my so God. You know that. There's and a bunch of them now. It's very exciting? exciting. It is exciting. So without further ado, let's start. Tell me about a toothache plant. Toothache plant, real or fake? <clears throat> got to be fake, right? I mean, a toothache plant? It is real. Really? I don't know the scientific name. Not even necessary, but that's how everybody knows it. It's known for the ability to fight oral infections, and it's also called an eyeball plant. It's kind of cool. It's like a little round flower, and it's yellow, and the eyeball part looks red on top. So back in the frontier days, pre-dentist, you would chew on the toothache Toothache plant. plant. All right. Why not? Fair enough. Trumpet vine. Real or not? Trumpet. Uh, Hmm. If it was a Trump vine, I would say it's <laughs> fake, but I'm going to say trumpet vine is real. It absolutely is. Okay. Folks very much enjoy that. Sometimes it grows wild. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> All right. How about a balloon flower? I'm going to go real. It is. Really? It's a perennial. Do you know what that means? That means it's a perennial. <laughs> That's it comes right. in like every year? Yes. Okay. Yes. An annual only lives one year, oh. but a perennial comes back every year. And when the flower petals are closed, it's bulbous, kind of like a balloon. Okay. And then opens up. Aww, it can be blue, adorable. it can be purple. Yeah. 99 luft balloons go by. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one. Assassin bug. <laughs> uh, the assassin bug. We used to have, uh, oh, 
Yeah, real. It is real. Is it really? Yeah, it has one fang that it Ugh. uses to stab other insects. Yeah, that's I terrible. hate bugs. It really happens. Breda. Well, just <laughs> Breda. <laughs> no need to be afraid of bugs. So a few Saturdays ago, I was met in the hallway by this really evil roach, and DeMarco was answering phones, and he said, man, that guy just stood there and, like with his arms crossed just daring us to go by. I hate and bugs. And this morning, Ugh. I almost tripped up the stairs because a dead roach was in the stairwell. Oh, my God. <laughs> exterminator, please. But that means, I guess that means the exterminator is doing his job, right, if they're dead. Well, the one in the hallway the wall, was, was not alive. Yeah, yeah, a few sorry. Saturdays ago, I was, sorry. I was upset about well, that. Well, I've got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next, a full house flower. Is that real or not? I want to say fake because of the show Full House, and you might just be, but I th- I'm going to go reverse psychology and say that's real. It is not real. Oh, it's fake? And I picked it because of you playing poker from time to time. Oh, full, I was thinking so, a TV show I, Full House. I wanted you to think <laughs> along the lines of poker, but it is not real. Okay. Show me not. Is that a real flower? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak this. I'm going to show you my work in my okay. head. So the show me state is Missouri. So a show me not is probably the state flower or plant of Missouri. So it's real. That's good logic, but no, no. And a lot of people are thinking, forget me nots. Those are real. Yeah, yeah. Forget me nots are real. Show me nots, not real. It's it's not the really good logic, state flower though. of Missouri. I don't think so. I don't not. know what is. Or right. Who knows? All right. Um, what about naked lady? Risque on green and growing here. Um, jeez, I'm going real. It is. All it's right. a lily. Oh, mm-hmm. like an arum lily. It is a lily, nice. yes, named after you. <laughs> All right, uh, last one. How about a red-hot poker? <laughs> Fake. That is real. Really? Yep. It's a tall, just like what you would picture it to look like, red flower, and it attracts hummingbirds. I love hummingbirds. They're great, aren't they? Do they, you all have a hummingbird feeder? No, but every one of my neighbors does. So oh, well, then you they're just all getting fat. Them. All the hummingbirds are getting really, really fat in my neighborhood. They need it right now. Make <laughs> sure your neighbors are uh, cleaning the feeders. Clean those feeders. Yeah, because some black mildew will make those guys really sick. Yeah. All right, so here's two. This is not whether or not it's a real flower, but this is kind of a new one that I okay. wanted to do with you. Oh, boy. Um, this plant sounds like a food. Okay. So you're very familiar with food. I am indeed. So I want to see if, and these are the only two I could think of. So if anybody else can think of a plant name that sounds like food, message it to me or send it to me on the Green and Growing Facebook page, and Mark and I will be back to do these. Croton. Croton? What is like that? Like a crouton? Yes, right. right? Yeah. Croton is a colorful tropical plant with like thick leathery leaves, and it's known in Florida, but it makes a good house plant in Georgia. Who knew? So I went to school in upstate New York on the Hudson River, and just down the river, there is a town called Croton on the Hudson. Ah, I wonder if it is because of the plant. Maybe. Yeah. And it sounds like crouton. So you're along my line of thinking. That's that's scary. Okay, what about pothos? I don't know. What food is that? Sounds like pot roast. Oh. Doesn't it kind of? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> it does. It does. So that's a, um, that's a house plant that Jared Yamamoto successfully grows. How about the egg and cheese biscuit rose? <laughs> oh, we need to we need to investigate that. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for playing along. Coming up next after the break, more of your calls and garden questions. 404-872-0750 Green and Growing on WSB.
So you've heard Kirk Mellish and Brad Nitz maybe mention the chance of flurries. That's coming up early in the week. you got to stay tuned for that. But today, not to worry, sunrise just passed at 722 this morning. It's going to be partly cloudy today, high around 69, lows around 48. And tomorrow, 80% chance for p.m. showers later in the day. And the cold front coming through because the high is only reaching 60 and lows in the mid-40s. Top three things to do. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So I wasn't quite sure how I was going to be feeling for the show today, so I did enlist the help of some friends. We've had Walter Reeves on the show already, and local garden expert and writer Shannon Pable gave me this when I asked her, what's something you're doing in your yard this weekend, Shannon? The top thing I'm doing in my garden right now is mulching leaves, and I'm using those mulch leaves in my garden beds. And then I top them off with a layer of pine straw and tidy them up for winter. Once I get that all done, I get ready to put my Christmas lights out. (laughs) So hope you're having a great day and have a great weekend. So that seems to be what the cool kids are doing. Jason's dad is doing it. Shannon's doing it. I think that might be a good thing for you to do this weekend. Number two, you can prune Confederate Rose and Rose of Sharon. Those are in the hibiscus family, not a traditional rose that you're thinking of. I would wait more until maybe around Valentine's Day to prune those. But prune that. Ligustrum and Euonymus, just pretty sturdy hedges that can be cut back now. And number three, plant trees and shrubs. We've said that now for over a month. It's a good time of year to do it. Prepare the hole, the new hole first before you go, if you're transplanting something, before you go digging out the established plant. Always get that hole ready first and then kind of work from there. But uh, dig a hole wider than deep. Make sure you've got really good soil, broken up, no rocks, anything like that. Uh, Camellias are just something that, that I randomly selected to advise you to maybe plant because they flower and they look really nice evergreen nice green waxy leaves yuletide and apple blossom varieties are just a couple so i want to cover more with you coming up on green and growing your calls 404-872-0750 all at 7:30. and i threw out a question for you what did you grow that you were able to share with your family this past thanksgiving i'd love to know what was on your table so Give us a call with that as well, and we'll be back. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca with you until 9 o'clock this morning. And uh, parts of the show have been pre recorded, parts are live live right now, live from my house. This is working out pretty well. Technologically, this is amazing how this can work. Um, I'm a little under the weather, so staying away, keeping everybody safe. DeMarco and Jason are sanitized and healthy back in the studio, helping get this on the air. And still taking calls, too, 404-872-0750. And remember the question that I threw out, too. I'm just curious if anybody grew some of the things that they shared with family for their Thanksgiving meals. And coming up in just a little bit, I have a nice surprise for you as well. If you're listening back on the 14th, just two weeks ago, I... I played this already, but for those of you who might have missed it, a gardener's Thanksgiving prayer. Uh, Walter and I used to do that together 
every year on his show, on the Lawn and Garden show. So I'm kind of reusing that because it's just such a nice thing and, and gardeners can really understand and appreciate the message there. So stay tuned for that in just a little bit. One thing that I grew that I did not share at Thanksgiving, and there's there's a reason why. Well, it was just my husband and I. It was very small, but um, purple sweet potatoes. I got those from the county extension agent here in Cherokee County back in February. Was able to get sprouts on those and put the pieces in soil. Had them on on the deck in a very large pot all summer long, and got sorry little sweet potatoes. They were tiny. Um, I probably could have let them go a little bit longer, but they're purple. The flesh of the sweet potato is purple rather than orange. So I think that weirded John out a little too much. So we just went with the Bob Evans mashed potatoes to be safe. But that is something that I would have loved to have had on the Thanksgiving dinner table. Um, Probably would have been enough for two small servings, maybe the number of potatoes that I got. But nevertheless, that is something that, that I attempted to share with my family. 404-872-0750 down in Henry County. Good morning, disc golf driver. Mike, how are you? Great, Ashley. Hey, sorry to hear you're under the weather. You know, but it's nice being at home and I've got my dog curled up behind me and she's kind of co-hosting occasionally, so it's working <laughs> out, but thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm standing out here at the, at the park where we were last together waiting for my disc golf partner and I thought I'd share a story with you following yeah, up on I'm the glad. composting conversation yeah well um, not too long ago a couple years back i had a setup where i took some old pallets and i had bins where i would go by through forest park and i'd pick up those bags of leaves you were talking about and compost them right mm-hmm. it was a nice setup it flipped i just every few months i'd flip it to the next bin of pallets that i set up and um out of nowhere comes this big beautiful green leaf i'd never seen an elephant ear before but there it was, and uh, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool, and I planted them in my front yard. Well, it was an older version of the plant, I guess, and it would send out a runner about three feet, and it'd root. And next wow. thing you know, I had, had them all over my landscape. It, so I guess it's kind of as a warning as well. you got to be careful sometimes when you go digging through those uh, bags full of leaves on the side of the road. That's true. You know, I wish that sometimes they were only bags of leaves, but I'm sure there's other debris and things that people have thrown in there. But it is safe to still use the pine cones and the limbs and twigs that are in there, too. But you're absolutely right. you got a volunteer elephant ear. And is it still growing in the yard? Well, I've, I've moved a couple of times since then, but uh, um, I love them. And it actually introduced me to the plant. And I do have a a more controlled version in my landscape now. <laughs> nice. And let me ask you too about the pallets. So you could go around and collect pallets maybe from businesses that don't need them anymore. And did you literally mm-hmm. just uh, nail them up so that there's, you know, all four sides and you have a bin? Yes, exactly. It was like a little three little cattle bins. And uh, so I'd mulch the leaves up, kind of wet them a little bit as I filled the thing up. And then as it settled, I'd flip them over and basically turn it upside down as I pulled it over to the other bin, and then I'd fill that one up, and uh, I had great dirt in, in no time. Gosh, that's great. Well, Mike, keep sharing stuff on my Facebook page, too. I love it when you post pictures and things that you're out and about and seeing. Will do. Great to talk to you, y'all. Keep sharing that good information. Thanks. Enjoy the weather and uh, practice well today, all right? All right. Thanks. Bye. 
Thanks, Mike. Always good to hear from Mike and McDonough. 404-872-0750. Yeah, you do need to be aware of what you throw in the compost pile because it'll come back to haunt you. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just recently saw in a uh, garden forum that I follow online, somebody threw out the tops of beets and put that in the compost pile. And guess what? She got beets in her compost. And based on what everyone was telling her, they're safe to eat. Um, it depends on what's what's in your compost, I guess, whether or not that's safe to eat. But I've heard that same thing with tomato plants, all kinds of things, just volunteering themselves back in the uh, compost, as well as garlic, too. Garlic could come back. So just be leery of what you throw in there. 404-872-0750. So part of the show, and something I've relied heavily on since um. I don't want to do a whole lot of talking for the show today, but the top three, I, every week, at least once an hour, I try to give you something seasonal to do so you don't get overwhelmed or intimidated by gardening and think, you know, if the weather's nice this weekend and I can get out and do a couple of things, these are at least three things that I can accomplish that are seasonal, that are just, it's time to get them done. And so I put out um, an ask, a, a favor of my followers on Facebook on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page and said, hey, I need y'all's help. I haven't done a lot of show prep this week. I've been under the weather. What are some things that you all are doing in the landscape? And we heard from our friend Shannon Pable, who had great advice about getting those leaves ready, putting them on the garden beds, topping them with pine straw, and that's going to be a nice, healthy dirt come spring. Um, other folks, too, Deborah and Sugar Hill, said all of our asters are still blooming, which I'm jealous because mine have petered out. But um, the blazing fire and the orange zinnias, black-eyed Susans are still blooming, along with clematis, too. So they're in Sugar Hill over in Gwinnett County. Things still looking pretty good. And speaking of elephant ears with Mike, too, mine still look great. Usually I've cut them down by now, but they look still so healthy and full and green. But with this cold snap coming up, I'm sure that's not going to be the case for much longer. I already cut the um, canna lilies back. Quite a few weeks ago, they were starting to just wilt and fall over. Uh, Stacy, she said, Christmas gifts that can be given and then planted in the garden. My grandmother lives in Jacksonville, Florida, and has poinsettias in her yard. They don't look anything like what we get around the holidays here. And she has an amaryllis in the garden, but it doesn't bloom. So my advice to Stacy, I went through that cycle for the first time this year, is taking some amaryllis that I had been gifted for Christmas over the years Put them outside in April or May and let them just, they're, they're meant to bloom in May and they didn't for whatever reason. I may have put them outside a little too late, but they had green leaves, really healthy. They were in great soil in a garden bed. And then come September, I dug them up, didn't want them to get anywhere near a chance of cold weather, dug them up, put them in perlite to dry those huge bulbs out. And then just recently potted them and brought them inside and now I think they're going to be doing okay. Um, I may not have those bright, beautiful flowers in time for Christmas. It may be a little later. Um, but still, I think they're going to be quite happy. And I did two versions. I did, I have like five amaryllis bulbs. So I did some in soil um, and some with just pebbles and water. So there is a little bit different planting method. And I'm going to see which one works a little bit better. But the the vase with just the pebbles and the water is actually really, really cool. And when you do that, you only need the water level to come up to the bottom of the amaryllis bulb. You don't want the whole thing soaking in there, but you'll start to see roots grow in no time. Uh, Teresa said, blowing leaves and blowing more leaves. That's our seasonal chore this week. Get on that. And, you know, I've talked about on the show, too, 
Uh, Scott Slade is the one that shared an article with me, I think from the Washington Post back a few months ago that really got me thinking about this, whether or not to leave the leaves in your landscape. Um, There really is a discussion right now as to whether or not we want to be meticulous in our landscape and tidy everything up, but how that could be damaging as well. Um, Because insects overwinter in those leaves, that provides food for some of the birds and other creatures that are in the landscape too. So you don't want to really remove leaves from the landscape, I wouldn't say, but move them around. You, You at least need to move them off your grass, in my opinion, just so your grass can still be getting the sunlight and all of the moisture that it needs, no matter if you have a warm season or cool season grass, but maybe moving those leaves to another place where they're going to do a little bit better. Um, but I don't, I don't bag and remove. That's just too much work. Uh, Richard said, we're having some trees removed and I need to replace some grass. Uh, he watches the show on this old house and they've mentioned a micro clover and a grass mixture and he wants to find out more about that but hasn't found out anything as of yet. So I love homework. I will do that, Richard. I will look into that for you and we'll have a few others as well. I love to know what all of you are doing. 404-872-0750 is the number really quickly. I think we can get in. Phil calling from Alpharetta. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi, Hi how are you? I'm doing great, Phil. How can I help? Uh, my question is, I live in a low oxygen, low light environment, and I was wondering if you had any Christmas plants for me. Oh, so specifically you're thinking holiday plants, huh? Well, I could use some holiday plants, but every time I plant a holiday plant, it doesn't make it because of the low oxygen, low light environment. Hmm. And so explain the low oxygen to me. What What's the cause of that? I live in a van. Okay. Okay. So airflow could be a little bit of a problem, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's what I've got. You know, well, I mean, the dash brings in so much light in that big windshield, but that almost could be detrimental because... Of the uh, of the light bouncing through the glass and it actually getting a little warmer, like a greenhouse effect, you wouldn't want to burn or singe anything. Let me think about that, Phil, because I want you to have some greenery. I mean, some house plants would be great too. Some would do just fine in low light. A Can fern I get... would be good. Would a begonia be good? Uh, begonia does like a little more light, and they are so picky about being cold. So if there's any draft at all that comes through the glass. Begonias are going to probably be a little wimpy. Um, but, man, if you had your hands on some over the summer, it is possible to overwinter them. It's just a little bit of work. So, Phil, I am going to think about that because we're up against a break and Mike Shields is tapping his foot and wants to give us a traffic report. But I'm going to come up with some things for you. And we've got some pots. We've got some soil. So, really, all we need is some stuff to, to fill in there. So, you stay tuned. I'm going to come back and have some suggestions for you after the break. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good holiday. I'm glad you called, Phil. 404-872-0750. We'll be right back on Green and Growing. You're listening to WSB. (music) 
All right, weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. You've heard Channel 2 Action News Meteorologist Brad and its warning of maybe some flurries between Monday and Tuesday. It's going to get colder, but today you focus on the good things. Partly cloudy, high of almost 70 and low around 48 80% chance of afternoon showers later in the day tomorrow and that cold front coming in because it's only going to get to 60 degrees and lows in the mid 40s. 404-872-0750. So following up on Phil's question about a small space with low oxygen, not good airflow and low light, a couple of things. Phil recommended a fern, which I would agree. Um, but the only thing about ferns and kind of overwintering ferns for those of us thinking, well, I want to bring my Boston fern in, they need humidity. So a, a dry place isn't going to really be the best for ferns. Uh, they become brittle. They become messy. They're going to drop a lot of leaves, but they do, you know, they don't mind indirect light. You think of them on the bed of forest floors and all that where they just really get filtered light. Um, pothos is a great house plant. I've got hanging above a garden tub and it just vines and vines and goes for days. Uh, but low indirect sunlight is good for pothos. And Sansevera, mother-in-law's tongue, snake plant, whatever you want to call it, that's a low light house plant that grows upright. It's kind of fun. Um, and then what I learned about it, Phil, in the break, I'm glad you had me look this up. It converts carbon dioxide to oxygen at night. And many house plants do this during the day. So that's a little bit different about snake plant. It can convert into oxygen at night. And also, air plants, why not terrarium plants and air plants? Other uh, epiphytes, meaning that they just grow on other plants, tree branches, and things out in nature, they don't need soil. Think of orchids, for example. Orchids are a great epiphyte where the roots just grow out. They have a little bit of bark when we buy them at the stores, but um, air plants would be really fun. And Jason is the one, Jason, my producer, was the one that told me about just getting little containers with suction cups, maybe from Amazon or a nursery, little clear containers with suction cups that could go on windows and they would get the light that they need little bit of water you missed them from time to time but just not having to hassle yourself with the soil and all that kind of thing potting soil and all of that so phil i'm glad you called you made made us think outside of the box i love that well green and growing on for another hour and we do have more calls coming up Lori and stockbridge english ivy how to control it and miles also calling down from henry county is this a good time to plant a dogwood tree Yes, and I'll tell you why, Miles, so stay tuned. And Dave calling from Mableton, planted tall fescue. Will the colder temps kill it? So I've got some good news for Dave and hope that you'll call as well, 404-872-0750. And as promised, we'll do a gardener's Thanksgiving prayer in the next hour. And Pike Nursery is going to be up. They are in the Christmas spirit coming up at 830 and have some good news to share with you then. So stay tuned. Give us a call. You're listening to Green and Growing. This is 95.5 WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.